0: you are listening to the purpose of money podcast a podcast where we talk about ways to build wealth and create more freedom in your life today i am your host aquania escarnay Hey guys, welcome to the Purpose of Money podcast today. I'm super excited. We're going to talk about the budget ABC's house hacking and travel hacking strategies with Antoinette Monroe, a dynamic woman who retired early at 36 years old when she decided to quit climbing the corporate ladder and pursue financial freedom and independence now. Antoinette Monroe is a serial entrepreneur with a broad spectrum of business experience in industries ranging from music entertainment to construction. After several years in corporate America, she shifted her focus to pursuing financial independence and retiring early and successfully achieved her goal at 36 years old. To achieve this goal, Antoinette developed Budget ABCs house hacking, and travel hacking strategies that not only accelerated her path to financial independence, but also allowed her to repay over $100,000 in debt. She eliminated all of her living expenses and traveled around the world to exotic locations like Bora Bora and the Maldives at little to no cost. It's no surprise she is the first self-made millionaire in her family, and when she's not building to billions, Antoinette enjoys salsa dancing, fine dining, and having fun with friends and family. She has a personal mantra, I will find a way or make one, and Antoinette is continuously working towards achieving her wildest dreams and helping others do the same. Hey, Antoinette, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to have you because this is going to be a good conversation. For those who don't know, uh, all of you, I guess, Antoinette and I met at a conference where money nerds meet called FinCon, and this year it was in Orlando, Florida. And while we were there, she told me a little bit about her story, and I was like, I have to have you on the podcast. One, because not very many people can retire at 36 years old, and two, you are in my favorite industry of all times, real estate investing. So let's get into this background on you, because before we talk about how to retire at 36, I want to know a little bit more about your past. So I'm going to ask you, what was money like for you when you were growing up? What was money like?
1: uh, we ain't had it. <laughs> short, Long story short, um, I'm the youngest of eight. So it was a pretty big family. I'm from Miami Gardens, Bajas, Carroll City is what we called it then before we incorporated. But yeah, um, I don't think my mom ever made over $15,000 a year. She was a school bus driver. My dad was an AC repair guy. So yeah, money was not a focus or a privilege that we had.
0: Okay, I respect that. So then are there any things you witnessed or habits that you noticed as a child that you brought into adulthood? Did you struggle finding your way financially?
1: I think I had the privilege of, so watching my family struggle financially, that actually helped me avoid struggling financially because I was able to watch everyone else's mistakes. When you're the youngest of eight, that's 10 people in a house, I got 11 other examples of what not to do. Um, So that's how it worked out for me. It wasn't, I didn't grow up making financial mistakes and then having to undo them. I used the negative influence as motivation to avoid all of those things. So maybe I went to the opposite end of the spectrum. I became super frugal, um, super restrictive in spending, so yeah, it had the opposite effect on me, which I, I like to tell people you can learn from any experience or any message.
0: Absolutely. And I agree with that. And I tell people that a lot, like even in my life, my mom was a entrepreneur, all of my childhood and never hired people other than me and never really built a six figure business. Like I aspired, you know, to do. And What I learned from her was grit, you know, and the importance of being committed to your business and working hard. But what I chose to do differently is I chose to hire people when my business started growing and get a coach to help me grow it to another level and utilize her experience as ways to know the truth about entrepreneurship, which is it can be challenging, but also knowing what you can do differently to be more successful at entrepreneurship. So just like you learned from your family's money mistakes, I learned from my mom's entrepreneurship journey because her path was her path. But I think she did an excellent job at still providing despite how fluctuating entrepreneurship was for her. So I completely understand that story.
1: Yeah. It's amazing what our parents were able to achieve. Like I didn't know we had money issues or that that was a negative thing until I went to college and saw other people with money or heard their stories growing up and learned that it was different than mine. But I don't feel like I missed anything from my childhood or that I was unhappy. Like I played outside, I had friends, I had food to eat. I was good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Absolutely. So that means your parents did an excellent job because that is what we like to see is that kids don't even realize that there might be tight financial situation, especially with so many kids and a loving home. So you had everything you need. So let's fast forward to you're an adult now, you're working in corporate America. You know How did you start your career? What was your first job? And What was your initial goals
1: when you were in corporate America? So I was recruited out of college um, into a management trainee program with Pepsi at the time. So that was the first job coming in. You knew you had a set salary. You knew what the future or the opportunities would be for you. Um, Now, I took the job initially because I wanted to pay off my student loans. So a corporate path I had already known in college that that wasn't for me, but by the time I graduated I had student loans that needed a place to go. Um, So I was just like, I need a job to make sure that these student loans are paid off. And then after that I can go back and chase a dream. So the two year management program was like ideal. Okay, I have two years. So I set a two year schedule for myself to repay those student loans. And that was really my sole focus at that time, not growing the career necessarily. So at the end of the two years with the loans paid off, I was just like, okay, you know, what do I want to do next? But I didn't know yet. And I was in Memphis, Tennessee. So I knew I needed to at least get back to my family in Miami so I could have support if I was going to leave a job and try to pursue a dream. Um so then I stayed a third year, got relocated to Miami and then focused that year solely on savings because I'm like if I'm going to quit, I need to be able to survive until I can make something happen. <laughs> so for that third year, I put my entire salary in the bank. But by then 3 years is really enough time for the golden handcuffs to start to to set in and to start drinking the Kool-Aid and at, by the end of that 3 years I had forgotten how to dream.
0: Wow, that's powerful. Forgot how to dream. So tell us how much student debt did you have?
1: I came out of college with about maybe like 30,000 total. So not mm-hmm. a lot. And that's like credit cards, a car I bought and student loans because most of school was paid through like scholarships and um, federal grants. So it wasn't much, um, which is why it was even more important. Like, let's kill this now before it grows into something that is now a mountain to climb exactly i love that
0: so then let's talk about how did you go from 30,000 in debt and paid off in 2 years to 100,000 that you paid off before you left corporate america where did the additional debt come from
1: so the additional debt came from the first house that i bought so we're starting to like get into the real estate journey and still that wasn't the focus i bought a house and decided to do a considerable amount of work on it and like add on square footage because in my mind, not needing money was going to be my true freedom. So if I could eliminate my expenses or get them as low as possible, that was going to give me more flexibility to, at the time, I thought it would simply be to change careers and do something more enjoyable. Um, So just building on like essentially a one bedroom apartment onto my house, I racked up another $95,000 there. Uh, So the last three years in corporate were spent just trying to pay that off to do that. I took a 401k loan. I maxed out all of my credit cards, but I don't recommend anybody do this, but I felt comfortable doing it because I had already proven to myself that I would have the discipline to pay down debt and to prioritize savings. So I knew if I did it, I would be able to pay it off. And of course, my little spreadsheet, I was able to track like, okay, about 18 months is going to take for me to knock this out. Um, But to do that, I also had to house hack and rent out my space. So once the house was converted and I had that additional unit, I moved into that side and the other two bedrooms in my house, I rented out on Airbnb and the income from that was what I used to pay it off. So I'll say a combination of planning and sacrifice because not everybody is willing to share a space in their home, but for the greater good of let me get out of this debt or get out of this job, it was worth it to me.
0: So that is amazing because most people will do the opposite. They will continue to live in the bigger space and they will Airbnb the smaller one. But you were like, I don't need a lot of space to live. Let me go ahead and move and maximize this house. So that leads me to another question because I'm always curious to know, you know, what was the moment where you had the aha, I can't do this anymore? I'm leaving corporate. Was it one thing that happened? Was it a series of things that happened? When did you officially decide the clock starts now?
1: I'll say it was a series of things, right? So going in, I knew I didn't want to be there. And those first two years were the most miserable time of my life. Like it was hard to be in a place that you never felt you belong or that you fit. And it just, it, it never was for me. There were bright spots when I would end up at certain locations where I could find enjoyment in it, but I never felt like I belonged there. So I think maybe the three most pivotal pivotal things were meeting my boyfriend and then watching him pursue a dream, like at all costs. And have fulfillment in that. That reminded me that I had dreams and maybe I should consider those again. I'd say the second one was I got fired from a role at my job and I got fired right after like a year after I had purchased that house. So now I have no savings because I purchased this house. Right. And I'm living in it. I had to fix it up. And now it's just like, I'm actually afraid. I don't know what would happen. Am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? Am I going to have to move back in with my parents or sell my house? And for me, I never wanted something else to have that kind of power or control over the outcomes in my life. So two months after that firing, I went into another role, but then I immediately started building that one bedroom unit onto my house. Cause I was just like, look, I'm never going to be caught off guard like this again and have to wonder how I'm going to eat or take care of myself and keep a roof over my head. Um, so the, that started it. And then the third nail in the coffin was another firing, right? Apparently, I'm clearly not fit to be an employee. <laughs> I'll just say that. But by the, that second firing in 2020, it was just like, all right, the same for me. From so in 20, was it 2018? 2017 was the first firing. So I spent all of 2018 and 2019 doing Airbnb. I left and got a higher paying job and just stacking everything that I could and just suring myself up financially um, and purchasing rental properties. So by 2020, when they fired me, I already had a little portfolio. All of my expenses were gone because I still house hacked. Like I'm literally never going to pay my mortgage myself. And I had not a lot of savings, but enough income coming in from the Airbnb rental that I would be okay. So that second time was more like, okay, thanks. You know, it was time. (laughs) I didn't need to be here and I'm out. I love that. And, you know, sometimes I say God does
0: that on purpose because he knows that we'll get too comfortable and we'll change plans. So he like makes it. there's no option you have to leave or you have to pivot because that door that door is closed for you so that's that's really interesting okay so you talk about this a little bit on your platform and we've talked briefly about it now the smart money management and how you utilize it in your life so in addition to house hacking Um, What are some other strategies and, you know, what exactly is smart money management for you?
1: Um, I'll say the core of that are what I call my budget ABCs. So with my first paycheck out of college, I sat down with an Excel spreadsheet and just built out a budget. I had been doing a little bit of research with Susie Orman and a little bit of Clark Howard, just trying to piece it all together. But none of those things fit. Did Dave Ramsey, it, it, nothing fit. So I took what I could relate to from each of them and created a budget framework that worked for me. So the A in it is automation. A lot of the stress from budgeting is thinking about it. So I wanted all of the responsible things to run in the background. So all bill pay, all savings, all investment contributions, those were all going to happen automatically. Um, the B in that is balance. So I feel like most people, all of your big bills are coming out at the first of the month. So you end up starting the month expense heavy and cash low, and then you're floating yourself to the next paycheck with a credit card. So I made sure to change my due dates of bills or split the payments so that every two weeks with every check, I knew it was going to be the same level of expenses and the same level of cash available. So I never had a time in the month where I felt like I didn't have money. Um, so that just the balancing the budget in that way, getting reduced the anxiety or gave a lot more flexibility for me. And then the C, I use it for different things. Mostly it's consistency, but also at the first two years, it was consolidation for me, like making sure that the debt wasn't growing, taking advantage of opportunities there were to consolidate debts of something that's zero interest to allow me time to catch up to paying it off versus chasing it as it's growing every month um sometimes I say that that's control having certain like rules set in the budget like at the end of every month if there was anything extra automatically rolling that over to savings so the ABCs flex but those were the key ones and I think that made the greater difference because I spent the first two years experiencing money through a healthy or controlled system so I never developed the money habits that you usually fall into right out of college with your first job.
0: I love that. A budget ABCs. Um, that's really, really helpful. So guys, definitely you might want to replay that part back a bit so you can process it, but automation. And then you checking all your bills, making sure everything's taken care of. So balancing it. Balancing. Yeah, balancing between each paycheck. So you actually, I tell people this a lot. Most people don't realize you can change the due dates of some of your bills and all it requires is communication with your bill. Um, Company. So, calling them, seeing what flexibility you have to make adjustments, even mortgages can sometimes be changed based on your payment schedule. Because at the end of the day, your bill collector wants to get paid, right? So, they're going to work with you to make sure that you can pay them. And they would rather adjust a due date so that you can pay after you get a paycheck than to keep it at a date when you don't have any money to pay them and deal with the hassle of collections, right? So, Communicate with your um, bill collectors, adjust dates to fit your schedule and have control, as you said, um, controlling your money and being consistent and not chasing it um, to try to catch up and consolidation. So the C was for consolidation. Antoinette did a lot of, um, let's move this debt here at 0% interest and pay it off. But she also said something really important, which was do not add to your debt in the debt payoff process. So the best way to get out of a hole is to continue to fill it, but don't add any digging deeper at the same time. Um, So I really like that. And I think a lot of people need that structure and that acronym to help them remember like budget ABCs, budget ABCs. But I I just want to be honest and transparent if you're comfortable. Like, did you have any obstacles as you're implementing this strategy or any setbacks and you had to like start over? And if so, you know, what was it that kept you motivated? So
1: initially there weren't, I'll tell you the times, the thoughts, right? Because once the budget is set, the beauty of automation is as long as you don't touch it, it's going to happen. You don't have to think about it. So early on those first two years, I'm seeing my friends like travel take trips they're buying things we got new cars sexy condos and it's just like it sure look like y'all having a good time (laughs) and i'm over here having therapy filling up my cart at marshall's and then at the end of it putting everything back one by one (laughs) you know so um i'll say that like the influences around you they can be an obstacle So you have to be strong enough or have your plan or your why be strong enough to help you push through that, right? Because I'm, you know, they're living it up, but they got debt, you know? So once you recognize that your priorities are different, your goals are different, you just, I can't do what they're doing. So yeah, there's always going to be influences. Um, But I'll say that, I don't know. I don't know if it's how I grew up, or what it was that was like, no matter what, I'm not going to be in a situation where I have to move back to my parents. Like for me at all costs, it was, I had to do this. So it felt like life or death to me. So I can't say there were obstacles other than the time that I got fired, but even still, I was already being so responsible with money and had that practice of preparing for that. Um, That immediately I go into, okay, what's the next game plan? How do I adjust it? Like that budget spreadsheet, if you looked at like 50 tabs in it, it changed with every circumstance. I just went back and adjusted the budget for whatever I was facing.
0: I love that. And that gives people the hope and the reality that you can make adjustments. I tell people a budget is a living document and it's meant to change as your life changes. But so many people assume that a budget is restricting. You know, I've already said I'm only going to spend this much on food, so I can't adjust it. And I'm like, yes, you can. Um, If you spend more money in one category, the best thing to do is to take money from another category, but also to review your budget regularly because if your circumstances change, if another bill gets added, you need to make an adjustment. Um, and in your case, you lost a job. That's that's a huge adjustment. But that doesn't mean that you have to stop budgeting. I actually think when you lose income, you have to budget even more because you're trying to manage on your savings until you replace that income. And in your case, you did have uh, passive income coming in, which is nice, but some people need to budget even more the less they make because every dollar really, really counts. So, yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'll say
1: your budget is more important than how much you make because you can make all the money in the world. If you don't know what you're doing with it, you're going to end up in the same spot anyway. So, the budget is what's important. And people will always ask, Oh, well, how can I come up with a side hustle? How if I just make a little more money? I'm like, If you blow on what you get, that more money is just going to go out the door too. So, it's really the budget is everything. My starting salary was fifty thousand dollars. I wasn't out here balling, right? And to be able to pay off thirty thousand and then have fifty in the bank in the span of three years—that is just the budget, the discipline, and the commitment to that plan. Like it's not about how much you make; it's what you do with what you make and how much of it you keep.
0: Facts. I totally agree with that. And I'm in a similar position. When I started out, good government job, it was in the 55 $60,000 range. And I was just recently married, but there were some people starting with that salary who had kids and they still had to manage a family of two or four and $60,000 a year. And you're like, how do we make this work? And you're living in one of the most expensive cities in the United States. So I agree with you, it's it's not about how much you make, it's about how you take what you make and you maximize it, you budget for your lifestyle that you wanna live and you're consistent in how you're using that money to grow your wealth. And I think that's so amazing that you could make $50,000 a year, pay off 30,000 in debt and save 50,000 as well. So I do have a question since we did talk a lot about your journey to FIRE and your journey being able to retire at 36. So I love to hear what was your FIRE story like, like that exact moment when you chucked up the deuces? Was it a dramatic walkout and here's my resignation or how did that go? Um, (laughs) Because I'm curious.
1: Well, you know, they got me before I could get them. So my plan was to leave the job December 31st and like put in my two weeks notice. And that's it. That was it. But August 4th, 2020, they called and let me go. Um, At the time, it was just like, okay, whatever. If I didn't take a job, I would be fine. But I wasn't prepared for that. So I had been like doing a lot of real estate investing and rehabs on the side. So I reached out to a contractor friend I had and I just, you know, immediately went and worked for him as a project manager. Um, And then the time that I spent working with an entrepreneur, it just solidified for me. Like, yeah, you know, he's doing what he wants with his life. He has full control over it. Me being here with him. Yes, it's more aligned to my interests, but it's still not mine. And so that was the final push of, okay, I need to go and do my own thing. So in January, I kind of gave him the heads up, like, you know, start looking for a backfill. I'm going to want to move out of this role to just see what I can do on my own. And then by April of 2021, we parted ways um, and I've just been like doing real estate investing full time since then. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. And how did travel fit into all this? Because we did say you did some travel hacking as well, and you got to go to some really exotic places. How did that fit into the semi-entrepreneurship journey when you were out of your uh, corporate world, but working with another entrepreneur or even while in corporate?
1: It was throughout. And I'll say this, you have to find things that make the journey bearable. Like if you get into traditional five spaces, it's A lot of sacrifice, a lot of withholding and not having to get to this arbitrary number at this time where you're still far older than you would like to be to live. And it's not enjoyable. So, for me, a part of maintaining the budget and that lifestyle was to also live throughout the process and enjoy the journey. So, I learned techniques to use to be able to do that. I learned about rewards points hacking um, using credit cards. Now, I am financially responsible. I pay my credit cards off in full, so for me that was a real option. I could get a credit card, a travel rewards credit card specifically, get a sign-on bonus and also know that my everyday spending, I'm earning more points. So by using a credit card and putting all of my uh all expenses on that, of course paying the balance off in full every month so I'm not paying any interest on this card. Um by the end of the year, I've earned enough points to go spend a week somewhere or to take a trip. So finding strategies that you can use to supplement what you have, again, it's not how much money you have, it's what you do with it. So it's just the creativity of travel rewards hacking. I was traveling a little bit for work, not, not a lot, just a little, but I made sure to sign up for all of the hotel rewards programs so I could earn from those days whenever I did travel. So that alone, it just, it added the supplement for it or traveling off season, focusing on flight deals, rather saying, I want to go to this place at this time for this reason. I go where the deal takes me. If a flight deal pops up, I'm going to do that. I'm going to hop on that. And then I should have some hotel point stash to be ready to take that trip. Um, So it makes traveling attainable. I'm not like having to divert uh, income from my investment or my savings goals to do this.
0: I love that. Those are some really good tips. And as someone who travels very often, um, I now have status with Marriott. And one of the reasons I do is because when I traveled for my job for two years and was away from my family for at least 75 nights each year, I leveraged that to my advantage. I used my work trips to do committed loyal stays at the same brand that eventually I was able to accomplish that status with the brand. And it was only when I couldn't stay at that brand that I would stay at others, but I signed up for their programs too. So you look at my um, travel stuff and you'll see like Best Western, and then you'll see Bonvoy, and then you'll see like Holiday Inn, but if I was staying at a holiday inn, that was the best available option there. But I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna get these points and see what happens. And in my case, I had started a lot of these loyalty programs in college, or you know, when I would take one trip here or one trip there and just held on to those memberships because. Lo and behold, it did pay off for me later. Um, And now it's still paying off because with COVID and so many um, benefits being extended while people weren't traveling, and then now I'm traveling again, I'm still able to maintain status. And people are like, how do you get free breakfast? I'm like, oh, I have status. Or how do you get free upgrades? Oh, I have status. So when I travel with my family, I'm leveraging the you know, the work trip I just did. I'm not leveraging the personal trip I just did. And I think that is so true what you're saying. Um, but it is important that we're using credit cards that we are paying off because the interest is not worth the points. I tell people that all the time. If you're not able to pay the card off in full, then all you're doing is accumulating debt and you're using these points, but they're costing you money, right? right. Um, and that's not the way that we want you to pursue the strategy, but it is nice to be able to like have a free vacation a year um, or only have to pay the taxes or something like that. So that's pretty dope.
1: Yeah, I definitely think a part of it is spending as much time as you have available to educate yourself on the resources that are out there for you and to, you know, find the path for yourself. Because if you're following Dave Ramsey, he's saying never touch a credit card. But we just talked about how super beneficial that is or how it can supplement your lifestyle without you having to earn more income or sacrifice more. So take the messages that are out there, but do your own research, like find out what works for you. There's so much that I've learned over the last few years about resources and things that are available that we just we may not traditionally have growing up.
0: Facts. And I definitely think like, I'm, I'm not going to bash Dave Ramsey. I think he is good for those out there who need a beginning step plan and they need to figure out step one, emergency fund, a thousand dollars, step two, paying off my debt or whatever helps you get to a point where you're financially secure. But I also feel like After a certain point in your financial journey, he may not be the person for you anymore, right? He could be the person that helps you get on track, but he's not the person that might help you get to the six-figure real estate portfolio if he doesn't believe in debt and wants you to pay off houses and cash, Well, people don't build real estate portfolios on cash. A lot of times you might take out a loan initially to buy that house. And then you're paying off that mortgage through house hacking, or you're leveraging your credit to get the house that you're going to flip. So everybody's different. Everybody's comfort level is different. But I definitely think the key here is you're doing your own research and doing what's most comfortable for you and being consistent with that plan, right? Yep. So um, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey and your transparency on, you know, the reality was um, you had two instances where you were fired from a job to help you realize that corporate America wasn't for you, but I'm so glad you discovered those moments because it allowed you to eventually get to the life you live today. The name of the podcast is called The Purpose of Money. So I ask all my guests this question. What is your purpose for money?
1: I'll say my purpose for money is to fund freedom. And that is freedom of my time, freedom of energy, freedom of my interests, right? I want to leverage money to experience life, not be living life to get money.
0: OK, I could rock with that. OK, so financing freedom, which you definitely have done. You use money to get to your own freedom. And that kind of leads me to another question. Though. So
1: what is a typical day in Antoinette's life? <laughs> it's not that exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wake I have this whole thing about waking up naturally because in my career that was like I could be starting work or at work by 530 in the morning, anywhere from four to 530 in the morning. So Mm. I have like a trigger. I don't want to wake up to an alarm. So for me, it's like I have to wake up naturally when the sun rises in my, you know, like so waking up naturally. um, If I'm being good with myself, I'm going to the gym and then walking my dogs. But. Um, if I have a real estate project or something new that we just bought, then there's some rehab that we're doing. So going over and checking on the projects. Airbnb is kind of automated so that can run itself. It doesn't really require much um, check in there, but spending time with people as much as I can. So lots of lunches on the phone with my mom, like I'm not doing anything crazy or exciting, but I'm at peace with what I'm doing. And the day changes. It just, I'm going wherever the day takes me with only a few key tenants. If I have a project going on that I have to maintain or keep up with.
0: I love that. That sounds like a wonderful day. Before we uh, say goodbye to my listeners, I'd love for you to share your website and social
1: media handles so everyone can follow you. Where are you on the web? I am on Instagram at Fearless and Free Fi. That's F I. And also the website is fearlessandfreefi.com. I'm working on a couple of giveaways for everyone. So if you join the mailing list, I'll make sure to shoot those out to you as soon as they're ready.
0: Awesome. I love it. So guys, check it out. Check out the website, follow Antoinette on Instagram. I'll include all of those links in the show notes and make sure you know how to accomplish your financial freedom journey as soon as you can. Guys, wherever you're listening, if you like this episode, feel free to leave a five-star review, share it with those who need to hear it too. And until next time, keep building generational wealth. Thank you for listening to the Purpose of Money podcast. For more resources and information, check out my website, thepurposeofmoney.com. And while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter so you have the latest information on new episodes and blog posts. Until next time, keep creating freedom in your life today.